0: Welcome to Laughing Your Mask Off, the podcast where we talk to comedians about
1: navigating the world of comedy since the pandemic. I'm Katherine Cowan. And I'm Carly Polistina. And today we're talking to a hilarious New York City-based comedian, Dan Frank. Welcome, Dan. Hello. Thank you for
2: having me. Thank you so much. It's cool. We're, we're so, so excited, excited to have just you. I going to say, I may not sound excited, but I'm very excited to be here. my voice quality. <laughs> we'll take
0: your word for it. Thank you. Um. All right, so first things first, how did you get started in comedy? Could you tell us a little bit about your comedy journey?
2: Yeah, I started in Albany, New York um, at this bar, which is unfortunately closed because the pandemic is called uh, Lark Tavern. Um, At this, it was uh, an open mic, and a few of my friends came to support me. Um, I got like a little drunk to just kind of give me the liquid courage to push me forward you know (laughs) and um then I got my first show after that actually at like a gay bar Um, a friend of mine yeah I I met someone um my friend Dre Serbin she she gave me a show at this uh she had me on her show like at this uh gay bar in Albany called Waterworks Uh, it was like a comedy slash drag show um because I'm gay. She was like, you'll fit on this. You'll add flavor. <laughs> and, um, so I, I think that was like the origins. My friends are really supportive. They would come out to like open mics every single night for me, not just like my shows and stuff.
1: Is there a big comedy scene in Albany or like, how does it really fare in comparison?
2: It's growing. I mean, there's no scene like New York City. New York City's the Mecca of stand-up, but, uh, like, Albany has like a growing scene, definitely. There's like there's a Funny Bone. Um, my friend Kayla, she runs that. Um, it's in the mall. and there there's a there's a comedy. I mean, they're usually in malls and stuff. Um, there's a Comedy Works up in Saratoga. They have every. Uh, I'm not actually. I'm not sure if that's open right now. Maybe it is with the, the theater mandate coming through. Um, and there's like there's open mics around there there was one at this place called Savoy Tap Room it's one of my favorite restaurants I'm doing a lot of shout outs I hope I get hundreds of dollars in <laughs> ad revenue after this um, no I'm just joking these are my favorite places to go um, but yeah it's like it's like there's I have friends that are producing shows right there right now there it's like it's really like coming along
0: yeah super awesome and you're now in your city you're not in Albany right
2: yeah Mm -hmm. I moved here about uh July 2019 and um what was it gonna say uh yeah I'm I'm like uh yeah just like been bouncing around the city since I moved here
0: so what inspired your move to New York City like what was kind of the like final I don't know
2: um, my quarter life crisis i just i turned 25 i want to say it was like the like i keep saying it was the dream to pursue stand up i wanted to like that was my push i really just like turned 25 i'd been living in albany for about 7 years and i loved it there um but i was like i need to move somewhere else for a little bit you know yeah. um and i knew people in new york city so it wasn't like I was going there knowing nobody, you know, a lot of people do that. And it's very brave of them. It will result in a lot of trauma later that they have to deal with. Um, But like, (laughs) I, I knew some people, fortunately, like uh, I have my friend, friends that live in like Rockaway or like Brooklyn, um, some in Manhattan. And uh, yeah, that like kind of, and like, I went to a few, I did like a show, I think before I moved here, before deciding to move here, I was at the Stonewall Inn. Um, and then I did, like, some open mics where I could. Uh, I took one month. The year before I moved, I took, like, a month off from work, because I had vacation time, to, uh, to go live in the city for a month and, like, just do as much stand-up as I could to see if I liked it there and to see what stand-up culture was like there um, here. I should say, <laughs> there I'm in it, um, and I I did that for I was like subletted a friend's apartment for a month. He was going on like a, a cross country road trip. My friend John and in Bushwick I subletted, and uh, my friend Shannon lived with me, so I could like afford the sublet <laughs> for a little bit. And um, I just like I just did as much stand up as I could for one month, trying to do like three or four open mics a night. And that was the the push basically for me.
0: No, that's super awesome. And now you're in New York to pursue comedy mostly or entirely.
2: Yeah, entire. I mean, I gotta work too. Um, <laughs> I'm unemployed at the moment, but like, um, as soon as that runs out, all, um, and like, as soon as I find a job, I'll get back. But like, I'm yeah to do stand up here.
1: Yeah. So, like, technically a a full-time comedian now, like, semantics, but technically.
2: (laughs) I've turned it into a full-time thing, thankfully, and I'm not saying I get a full-time salary by any (laughs) means, like, I don't, (laughs) like, what I'm saying is, um, I'm, like, trying to, I treat it like full-time, you know, I, like, try and schedule, like, I'm producing a show, and so, like, I take time out to book comedians to research comedians to um create the eventbrite to book the space to create all the logistics and then i take time of course to write to go to open mics to uh and shows and stuff and to go hang out at shows um and go check like other comedians out when I can, I try to schedule, I'm very schedule oriented. Like I need, I have all my shows like on post-its on my wall right now. (laughs) And like, I have my bits on my wall, like in front of me right now, I can like show you right here. They got like, and like I put like little taglines under it just to like i need like the structure of it yeah. you know
1: you really do like have you seem like you have a very like structured approach to all of comedy
2: <laughs> very think, regimented yeah
1: yeah do you think that came from like do you have different comedic influences or people that have kind of inspired that and you or inspired your way in comedy at all um
2: i uh i guess like my work structured i've always been this way like i'm if you think this is militant like you should Me my parents, they're like, like I did laundry this morning and some people would be like on a Saturday morning. That's crazy. My parents get like 10 things done and they call me and brag about it. (laughs) Like, like before 10am. It's, uh, it's crazy. Um, and I think that's, I've always, I always like making lists and stuff too. That always like, I just always thought like, if this is the way I work in everything else, I should bring it into I hear, I work with other comedians, too, who are very organized people. Like, I think there's a stereotype that comedians are just train wrecks and messes, and that, I mean, that's a lot of them, but <laughs> there's a lot of very serious people in it, too. They're, like, um, and it's usually, like, those people who try to find silliness the most in their life, you know, who are so, like, structured and um, take everything, like, their work very seriously,
0: no it's awesome um and then do you have any other like influences that have been I mean aside from your work regimen that have really helped you in comedy or that you really Um, on my career yeah
2: when I when I was like a kid I loved um I like my one of my biggest stand-up influences as a kid was Woody Allen growing up I know like the documentary came out (laughs) um (laughs) I mean I knew that (laughs) stuff before I was like yeah he's not a good person but um when uh like, he was, like, I would listen to his albums. My sister would show me all of his albums when I was a kid. Um, I watched uh, I watched a lot of Joan Rivers, too, as a kid. My mom was a big Joan Rivers fan. Um, and uh, Phyllis Diller, like, older comedians, you know? Yeah. Um, Sarah Silverman was a huge influence on me as a kid um, and, like, inspiring uh as I was doing stand-up I loved her use of like misdirection
1: Mm -hmm. um
2: I just love she stood in one place in the stage at the same time too she could command she didn't need to run around the room like Bill Burr or I'm not saying they're bad comedians I'm just saying like it was impressive someone could stand in one place and just command an entire theater of people um and she just had like a point to like like every time she was like telling a joke, you know, I was, it just made me think, um, Louie was a big influence growing up too, uh, Michelle Wolf, um, like her joke writing style and her way to effortlessly just be goofy as she goes about it. Um, and like the more I've done stand up, the more people I've just like, um, discovered, you know, like yeah. all the all the different like stand-up comedians that I've never heard of who are just incredible people to watch, especially live. Like there's nothing like going to see a live stand-up show versus like a Netflix special.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. No, the energy is so like night and day different. Um, yeah. <laughs> so then on kind of a on a slightly unrelated note, um, a big thing we talk about on our podcast here um, at laughing your mask off is, um, about what comedians have done since the pandemic and how the pandemic has affected, um, the comedy world. What have you been doing since March and how have you coped with the comedy world shutting down?
2: Yeah. Well, since March, I like, I Last don't,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, we're still in March. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: It's the same March, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was all a dream. Um, no, I, uh, March, I I moved back in with my parents for March through April, and um, I did Zoom mics every day. Uh, like I dove right into virtual open mics. Um, I mean, not right into. I went to the same one every day, uh, as like kind of like a I don't know like a form of church almost. Yeah. It was like a, like a regiment to just kind of keep me sane and to keep me writing too yeah um and I made some really good friends through through that I would do with this one called the good one open mic mm-hmm. have you been to that
1: yeah I love that one
2: <laughs> yeah and it's <laughs> a great every one. Every <laughs> single day every day it's like incredible they're it's like it's like comforting to know that they're there every single day you know like monks on a mountain or something I don't know <laughs> um and yeah I met some really cool comedians through that uh and it just kept me writing and then um I would do that and then stand-up didn't really start coming back live until July I think yeah I think it was like the first week of July people started coming out of their caves and <laughs> I didn't I was living with my parents till I I moved back in May to Bushwick and then like moved everything out of my apartment. And then I moved back in um because my lease was up. And then I moved back in with them for June and July. And I heard stand-up was coming back around July and was like, I need to go back and just like get back on stage. I would just also, there's nothing going on in Vermont. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so
2: it's beautiful to spend the summer, but I was just like, I can't do this full time. Um, anymore. I need to go do something. And August was when I came back and started doing like outdoor open mics and uh, shows where I could. Um, And it was really refreshing to see, you know, I was like, I don't know what like uh, being inside is like for y'all. But like, I felt like I was like in this cave. And then I finally came out and everyone was like, okay, I thought it was like chaos or something, the news was making New York City out to be like this cesspool of sin and blood. <laughs> and it was quite nice actually, yeah. you know? Like I felt like more people left or, and uh, there was more room for parking. Yeah. There was <laughs>
0: more. The you can park anywhere. It was like, I would, yeah, I remember that so clearly. And then I remember when everybody came back after Labor Day and trying to park. I was like, there nobody parks in New York anymore. And that was not true when people.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I I know that exact change, too. Yeah. I was like going to, I would go to this open mic in Central Park and I would park on the Upper East Side with ease.
0: Yeah. And
2: then like September, like I couldn't park anywhere. There was one day no. I was driving around for literally an hour looking yeah. for parking on the Upper East Side for one hour. And I was going crazy. Like, I was like, this isn't good for my mental health, all this driving around. And then I parked, like, the one time I parked within eight feet of a fire hydrant. I I wasn't even in front of the hydrant. It wasn't in front of the hydrant. It was like within. And then a guy ticketed me, and I was like, I took my car so that I don't spread COVID or get COVID on the subway. I tried to do the right thing, and they ticketed me, and it was. And I bombed at the open mic, too, so it wasn't even worth it. <laughs> Glover, Sorry, I just up. went off. <laughs> no,
1: well-deserved. No, I know you no. were saying that, like, you kind of quickly mentioned that you've been producing and hosting your own shows also mm-hmm. during this pandemic. Can you talk a little more about, like, that, the experience with that? How yeah. did that start? How did yeah. you go from, like,
0: outdoor open mics to being like, hey, I'm going to produce my own show now? Good question. Well,
2: <laughs> it was really thanks to matt Rosenbloom and amy wong at the tiny cupboard they gave me a shot um at their at their venue uh i did i produced like a wednesday night show and um i like i'd seen them around um and we like kind of knew each other because i would like go to the tiny cupboard all the time that was like the hangout for the whole summer like it was it was like like a refuge and like a like a party a cool place to go during the summer for everybody the tiny cupboard in bushwick and uh as i got to know them i was like i i realized i wanted to produce a show because um it was something i missed doing in entertainment and uh performances in general i used to work in music and i would put on um concerts i used to be like a choir director and like uh I would put on concerts with um, musicians and singers and stuff. And I realized I wanted to do that with comedians, uh, too. I love putting people together, like this lineup of really cool people I think are funny and people I think are going to compliment each other on the show, too, you know, to make a whole experience and when I I also saw like friends, I was like, I want to see them headline something. I want to see them host something. Like, I want to see how that would go. You know, Um, I of course asked them, I didn't go up to them. Like I I want, I want to see you (laughs) on my show now, (laughs) like some LA producer or something. (laughs) They really started that. And then um, for me, and then I just like, I had to move it online eventually, which was fine. I tried to do like I tried to take advantage of that by like having comedians from across the country, come on onto my online show and uh, like friends of mine from like LA or like out in the, like the East coast or some, or in the middle of the country. Um, and like, I wanted to try and host it too because first I wanted to improve my hosting. Also, I'm just a control freak and I need to let go sometimes because it's a lot of work hosting and producing. Um, and I wanted to get better at both of those things, essentially, while also having a show every single week, you know?
0: Yeah, Yeah. no, that's super awesome. And then do you think that that's been, like, super beneficial to you as a comedian, like, having that hosting and producing experience? Like, is that, like, uh, as, like, a... I don't know. Yeah, know. <laughs> like, a
2: thousand percent. Like, it's... um. I made so many mistakes that, like, I I learned from, I got to meet so many cool comics that, like, I talk with on a regular basis, and, like, have helped me out, or um, I got to, like, introduce people to comics that I think are hilarious, too, um, which was, like, a goal of the show, too, because, like, that's what I felt coming to New York City was, like, like, in, like, a year, I thought I knew, like, everybody, and then there, every couple of weeks, there'd be this incredible stand-up I've never heard of before, yeah. but, like, and I was, like, that person needs to be more famous, and I would be, like, that's kind of what helps inspire the show, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and then, so you, you've been working on the show, is there anything, like, else, like, or with your show, like, that's coming up that's super exciting that you'd want to talk about for us to yeah
2: us so i'm at the tiny cupboard my show is going to be every friday at nine o'clock um that's uh you can look at it on Eventbrite or my um on the tiny cupboards website it's called the tiny cupboard.com um it's going to be every friday at nine i'm trying to get some i have some good headliners coming up i got emma willman um coming up she's going to be is that going to be when this podcast comes out? On the 12th?
0: <laughs> we come out on Mondays.
2: Um, uh, who cares? Well, I, <laughs> I have her coming up. I've got like Shane Torres on an upcoming show. That's going to be after this comes out on the 12th. Um, if this comes out on the 12th, that's going to be on April 16th. Um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's Fridays at nine. It's perfect. All of you guys you're all in your corporate jobs and stuff come start the weekend with a fun show and yeah. shit it's called yeah. comedians under the stairs too
0: where'd you come think- with that name
2: literally it's under a staircase I'm I didn't have a theme for the show I just thought like then I named it when it was on the rooftop I renamed it comedians under the stars I just uh. I didn't I couldn't think of like a theme for it I was just like I want to produce a really great show and I just made it as literal as possible so people know where it is it's under the staircase
1: like Harry Potter
2: like Harry Potter
1: <laughs> well because he, yeah, he lives in the, in the cupboard downstairs. under the stairs for
2: exactly like he was a comedian he very well yeah <laughs> he
1: has oh, the drama his... to back it up it's perfect yeah oh
2: yeah Harry Potter <laughs> lived there's like this conspiracy i don't want to call it conspiracy i don't want to give it more juice. <laughs> <truth. laughs> there's this theory just a theory because there's a theory that like i don't know if you've seen this there's a theory that like harry potter um actually was incredibly mentally ill and he created the entire wizarding world as like a coping mechanism to escape from the trauma of the dursley of like all the childhood abuse that he suffered
0: really yeah yeah.
2: and like like um it's yeah it's like so weird to think about like of course there's no like i try and convince my sister of this who introduced me to harry potter and she's like she's probably right there's like no solid proof about this it's just a theory and i'm like that's why it's called a theory ashley come on just let me think about things
0: oh my gosh yeah Um, I mean I I don't want to think about that I like I like I'm sorry (laughs) I just
2: created a downer um
0: no, you're so fine anyway so you've been adapting to the pandemic pretty well how do you think the comedy world is going to adapt and change going forward as a result do you think there's going to be any like major changes to like what we Um, saw before the pandemic
2: I think outdoor shows are going to be around for I think they're going to stick Um, especially like rooftop ones, like on, uh, like at bars and stuff. Cause there's some really cool ones. Um, my friend Rachel has one in, uh green point uh I like this really cool like we're seeing like space is anew. we don't need like everything to have a roof anymore like we're seeing like okay this is like a, a tight space but it's outside so it's breathable it's got a cool stage setup or it's got this cool like like she my friend rachel she has got and uh jessica they have like a, a water tower over their like stage and it's like this beautiful like kaleidoscope like water tower um okay. so it's like a cool thing to like like we're seeing new spaces you know not just like um dingy comedy sellers which I love I love those places too uh comedy clubs are like the coolest place in the world to me um but also like being out in the fresh air of New York City which is not fresh air but like being out, <laughs> outdoors and in parks too having like being in that space outside you know i think that's gonna stick around for a while
1: do you think zoom comedy is gonna stick around or do you think that's gonna go the way of i was gonna say the fishes (sighs) but there are still fish i don't know what that (laughs) saying is what's the end of that saying
2: that sleep with the fishes
1: going the way of the dinosaurs sleep with the fishes i mix them up anyway i
2: have never heard that saying before <laughs> going the way of the dinosaurs yeah I don't like,
1: that <laughs> either. wait really sleeping with
2: the fishes is what like <laughs> sleeping with the fish is what like mobsters say right like yeah like they the, like yeah. they
0: throw you into the like river
2: <laughs> did, did, do they also talk about dinosaurs
1: <laughs> i don't know if the mobsters talk about dinosaurs but it's saying it's like ah that's going the way of the dinosaurs yeah
2: I feel like mobsters don't believe in dinosaurs, but I've never heard that. That's really funny.
0: So do you think? What, yeah. do you think Zoom is going to go the oh, way Zoom. of dinosaurs? <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, you guys are too funny. Um, <laughs> um, I think. I think it's gonna. I think it's kind of slowly dying. I already see people. I took my virtual show right off the web as soon as I could, um, and I think also other people like they're they're going outside like they're they're desperate to go be around people.
0: Yeah,
2: um, I know some other people that are ending their virtual shows like this week, actually. Um, I think I think corporate gigs are gonna keep their virtual shows because you can get a ton of people like online for Zoom, and those are really well paying too. So like I think, those might stick around for a while like comics for corporate gigs yeah. yeah
1: makes sense
0: that makes sense um this is super unrelated but we just wanted to ask you what's the most exciting thing that's ever happened to you just like in your life not comedy necessarily just as like a, we'll take a little break from comedy for a sec unless you want to talk about comedy with this question
2: i guess like in my life just like being comfortable in my sexuality that's probably got to be the most incredible thing that like, cause I never thought when I really think about it, uh, this is a huge turn too, but um, I just thought about it in the moment, like, and something I've been thinking about actually very recently, like when I was younger, I was not okay with like the idea of being gay as a kid. I was mm-hmm. like, I begged God to not let me be gay. I, was like not i never thought i'd be happy you know about it and now i am so ecstatic i am i'm like very happy that god did this to me um being gay yeah i think that's like the most it's like it's not like a moment really it's just like tons of moments i've had and a slow realization
1: that's, that's exciting. That's a great answer. Like what an <laughs> incredible thing to be the most exciting thing. Off of that, actually, like, how do you feel that like uh, LGBTQIA representation in standup is? Have you experienced it at a low, at a high?
2: I actually, the first open mic I did in New York City was an all LGBT open mic um, in Bushwick. It was at this place called The Mood Ring. And I think it's called Open Flame. And it was all LGBT comedians, which I've never seen before, really. I, there was like a, I think like two or three queer comics where I came from in Albany. Um, yeah, there was like, also two or three women where I was, um, straight women where I was in Albany. Actually, not even, they were like. Just like women in general, like two or three in comedy when I was in Albany, because it's, it's like predominantly straight white men. That's not a stereotype. It is a <laughs> straight up, literally a straight up fact. <laughs> 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 um, sorry for that pun. I was I just it was sitting there. I couldn't not take have it. to. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I super interesting. Um, and so then what? Um, are there any things that you've experienced, like, in navigating comedy, either, like, within the LGBT community that have affected you, or, like, any, I don't know, like, do you have any stories of, like, your your journey navigating comedy that um, you'd like oh, to share yeah. that you think other people could, I don't know, benefit from hearing?
2: Yeah, well, when I was um, in Albany, I was, like, one of the, th- like, two or three queer comics, and that, like, helped me with, like, a niche, kind of, um, And then when I came to New York, I thought I could just coast on that, just being like a gay comedian. And they were like, yeah, half the people are gay here, Dan.
1: (laughs) Like, you need to be
2: a little more interesting, which is what's so cool about New York is that there's so many individual personalities. Like, you've got to, like, be different from everyone else, which is not a bad thing. It's like, it's encouraging. It encourages you to, like, be as different as you can and original as you can, you know? I'm sure y'all have experienced that like like trying to you know like see what's like unique about me and stuff but like as a queer person um, I've done gigs where like I've been very fortunate where like I was scared at first coming out every single show that I did I'm always scared like someone's gonna like yell at me or something or just like walk out I have like performed at like shows are like people just like the moment they find out I'm queer they just like stop laughing at me or there's one show like I did it was out in the country in upstate New York and like the minute they found out I was gay the whole room fell silent and didn't laugh at me for the rest of the time um I like I just had yeah I just had way too much it was like this dingy bar in like the backwoods I had way too much faith in these people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um I just assume I was like almost like this is my fault I should have but yes. it wasn't it wasn't yeah, at no. all yeah um no, no. but thankfully like that hasn't been a majority of my experiences like where I have encountered homophobia it's almost like slight you know it's like yeah. I notice it I just it's not blatant but I notice it you know
1: just like diet homophobia
2: exactly yeah they don't (laughs) they don't realize like those people that fell silent they're like we're homophobic like (laughs) the other people (laughs) they know who they are you know and then there's like a lot of people like I can't tell you how many hosts like bring me up like uh, oh this is the only guy I'd ever sleep with or something I'm like I wouldn't sleep with you if like you begged me sir
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's such a horrible thing to bring someone up and be like this is the only guy I'd ever sleep with like
2: Like this awkward yeah it's just like like they they gotta bring up the fact that I'm gay in some standpoint
1: that's wild people are strange um (laughs) yeah but bouncing off of that um from your time in comedy so far is there anything any advice you would give up and coming comics or like maybe some good advice you heard really what What advice would you give?
2: Um, I don't give a lot of, it it feels so weird, like giving advice in something like stand up. I just, the best advice I ever got um, that I try to pass around is just like, be yourself. Just like, if you just be yourself as much as you can, like the pieces will fall into place because that's what's going to make you different. From everybody else, it's what's going to make you the happiest, and since so you just live your truth, you know. I also hear like the best advice actually that I got coming to New York City was someone like warning me like there's going to be a lot of comedians who try to give you all this advice, and they have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> like they're just trying to feel important, you know?
0: Yeah.
2: Um. So like it's almost like be wary of people who give advice sometimes.
0: Cautious advice-taking. Yeah,
2: and something like comedy, you know? It's not like, I used to teach music, it's not like um someone giving their expertise on a Mozart piece, because I think that's funny. People think stand-up is like doing Mozart, and I'm like, it's really not. You're being like, <laughs> there's an art form to it, but like you're being a clown at mm-hmm. the end of it. It's not a serious, they're like, this is fucking stand-up, or Do you, you don't mess with this, you know? like. The whole point is messing around,
0: making people laugh. That's great. It's right, not well, taking
2: it seriously. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, is saying? there
0: anything? Um,
2: God, you I'm already connected before we wrap two. up. Sorry, I'm already connected to the two of you. It's exactly. Like it's our perfect. chemistry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, uh, I've got. I get this comes out April twelfth.
0: Yes, uh, podcast. It's on okay, me. cool. Yeah, seven days I've, after April fifth. <laughs> I've yes.
2: got a Zoom show. April 18th. That's with cat's litter box. Uh, I'm doing a show in Glens Falls, New York, at this place called Pharmacy, it's spelled with an F. Um, oh, what date? Oh, April 25th. Sorry, <laughs> April 25th. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing uh, my friend Esty River Danera's show. Um, Oh, I guess I should add that too. Like my friends are like, like when you're going back to when you're talking about like the most influential people in my career, like my friends that I've made through comedy are like the most influential people I've had in the stand up. Like, like remember you're talking about like um Catherine, like your friends and stand up and like uh it's like it's so important to like mm-hmm. just surround yourself with like people you click with. Yeah and like comedians who like challenge you you know like make you want to be funnier and stuff like that's that's been something that's really carried me through all the like the bombs and the road and uh, I'm, again I'm talking like I'm a 10 year old season comic or something but like <laughs> it like it's such a it's such a hard thing sometimes stand up it's like it really you need people around you to help you out and like remind you why you do this you know
0: yeah um
2: and on that note like my dear friend has a show um april 30th uh that'll be it's at the tiny cupboard um that's a it's on a friday so check out the tiny cupboard i'm there every friday at 9 too and then i'll be at eastville comedy club may 12th um at 9 30 my friend uh Levi and Jessica are having a show there called tough love comedy uh so yeah those are my upcoming dates on there and then you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at not and Frank
1: spelled
2: with, <laughs> spelled with two K's not Anne
1: Frank thank you for listening to laughing your mask off if you enjoyed this podcast please subscribe and leave a good review to keep up with our hosts, follow
0: Catherine at Catherine.Reagan, spelled R-E-A-G-A-N, and Carly
1: at Carly Paulistina on Instagram. See you next week.